Blog Talk Radio. <coughs> Welcome to the Football Garbage Time, oh excuse me, wow, NFL Podcast, wow, I almost botched that entirely and choked on uh, and choked on my water, that was amazing, okay, welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast, and welcome to our new episode of Scares and Dares, my name is Stephen Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time, and with me as always for these episodes is my co-host, Joanne Kong. Hi, everyone. So, as per usual, our Scares and Dares episodes will give you our favorite movie scares, along with those prop bet picks that we dare to make in week 17 of the NFL. And we got a nice indie movie for you this week. We got Echoes of Fear that we're going to talk about. Kind of fun. And it's also streaming on Amazon Prime, so that's fun. And then we're going to talk about our four favorite prop bets uh, for NFL week 17. So without any further ado, let's get this rolling. So let's jump into our scare of the week, and that is, as I mentioned, Echoes of Fear. So this is going to be an interesting one because, again, it's a, an indie movie that came out very recently, around 2018, uh, but got launched a little bit late because of the pandemic. It's actually a brisk hour and 30 minutes long, and it is a multi-festival uh, award-winning and nominated t- uh, movie. But, of course, like I said, it's an indie movie, so that we know there's a strengths and there are weaknesses when it comes to indie movies. This is a movie that was directed by Brian Abnett Bradley and his wife, Lawrence Abnett Bradley, and written by Brian himself. Stars Krista Robinson, Hannah Race, and Paul Chirico. And uh, let me just turn it over here to Joanne to talk a little bit about the plot. Okay, so it's a pretty straightforward movie, would you say so? Yeah, I think it's pretty straight. I mean, it, there's certainly little um, parts of it that you just don't know what's going to happen, and there's some some twists and turns, but it's it's relatively straightforward in terms of total plot. So we have a young woman, uh, Trista Robinson. Her character name is <laughs> I want to say you, you, Elsa. Yeah, no. uh, uh, yeah, Alyssa. Alyssa. Yeah. Okay, it's Alyssa. <laughs> yeah. Um, she inherits her grandfather's house. Uh, she so she is super excited. And she decides that she's going to go there and uh, clean it and prepare it for sale. Right. And so that's when all the strange things happen. She starts hearing things. She might think she sees things. She's not sure. But like in, you know, but like in a lot of horror movies, she has a super supportive boyfriend who comes (laughs) on the weekend to help her uh, fix up what he can do right. over the weekend. Super supportive in air quotes, actually. Super <laughs> just supportive a, in air quotes. So if, I know you can't see us, but I'm making air quotes right now. <laughs> so, you know, at one point, you know, he tells her that, you know, this is their future, so she should just suck it up and just get the work done. Yep. So that's how supportive he is. He is uh, that way, yeah. <laughs> but, of course, like, if you don't have a supportive boyfriend in the movie, you need a supportive best friend. Yes. And that's what she has. Yep. Um, so she has a really good friend called named Steph, played by Hannah Race. Mm-hmm. And she does believe her when she's like, something's not right about this house. Yep. I don't know what it is. Yep. And she's like, you can call me. I will be there. Right. And she is. Yep. So long story short, 
she inherits this house. Some weird things start to happen. She wants to run, but in horror school fashion, she's like, no, I right. need to find out what's going on. That's right, right. And she does. She f- goes through there, picking apart the house to uncover the truth, which okay. I'm not going to give away. Right, right. Um, but I don't want to hype up this movie all too much because mm-hmm. it's, it's an indie film, yep. right? Um, an hour and a half was, you know, a, I think a good, good about right. Yeah, it's, it's about right. It, it wasn't too long, any longer. This is another movie where if it was any longer, you would have probably just turned it off. Yeah, could have got off the rails. Definitely. Yeah, so it has some mediocre acting. Um, it has some, uh, you know, I, I, some average uh, filmography. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and the storyline might seem a little slow at first, but I think picks up. Yep. And I think it has a very satisfying ending. And for all of you out there that loves a good jump scare, this movie has that too. Yeah, they definitely, and this is something that we read about in some of the reviews that we read prior to watching the movie, is that in the middle of the film, it does tend to have a little bit of an over-reliance on jump scares. You know, it's just kind of one after the other, which is fine, which is fine because you know, I like a jump scare as much as that. And there is one in particular, which another reviewer did point out, uh, but not in detail. And I, we won't do it either because we don't want to spoil it for you. That I thought was really well done in terms of the way it was put together yes. and the way it was staged. It has, a, it has a, definitely has its good part. Yeah, the camera work was really um, phenomenal in that scene because it really it, it did a great job. And I won't say anything more because I think it's going to spoil it for you if I go into any more detail. And just so you know, Lawrence Abnett Bradley, the uh, wife uh, there, uh, the director, uh, one of the directors, uh, she also does a lot of camera work. So hats off to her for setting up that particular scene. I think that was pretty well done. Um, I'll also mention that um, the house in which is all filmed and apparently the trivia that we looked up on the internet here, it belongs to Brian Abner Bradley. So there you go. So it looks like they, they live in that house. That's kind of mm-hmm. spooky. Yeah. Uh, you Because you wouldn't want to live there after watching the film, that's for sure. No, I wouldn't want to. No. Nobody would. Even before watching the film, I didn't want to live Probably there. not before, but certainly after. <laughs> certainly not after. Um, so that being said, I did think that the uh, the friend, Steph, played by uh, Hannah Race, was great, but obviously was um, set up to be that person who believed in these types of things, you know, uh, supernatural uh, events and so on. And so she very easily kind of bought into this. At one point, she burned incense uh, or something to, to ward off to cleanse the house and yeah. so on. So that's the type of character she is. Um, and it did take a little bit of getting used to um, to Trista Robinson. I thought she did a fantastic job as Alyssa, but I think that at the beginning, it was a little hard to getting used to just some of her delivery. It just didn't sound exactly spot on. And, um, and I, I, you know, it's not it's, it just definitely had a different feel to it. So it, I, it, it definitely had an indie film. It, it did. It did. And, it, and I think that you could say that in a good and a bad way. Like it felt that it was done basically um, economically at the beginning, but the story really did carry it at the end. And I think that's really what it did. And I, I do appreciate that they did us only glimpses of the scares that popped out at you because, it, you know, I've seen some pictures on the internet and if you get a good look at it, it's like, mm. Not that, not as scary. It might not be that scary, <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. Not scary as scary. But anything was. jumping out at you is pretty scary. Exactly. Anything jumping at you could be pretty scary. Me jumping out at me would be really scary. I don't know, about, particularly for me, because it was me. I'd be like, wow, what am I doing jumping out at myself? But anyway, that being said, uh, let's go ahead and talk about, so there's no rating on, um, on Rotten Tomatoes. We usually give a rating there. There is an audience score of 60%, which uh, I think is fair. Uh, no tomato, reader, uh, tomato meter reading at this point, so we'll have to wait to see what happens there. Uh, but what would you give this uh, movie here out of four stars? 
Well, you know, it's it's interesting because I gave Sensor two and a half last week right. because I thought it was better than an average horror movie. Okay. Yeah. But like, you know, it's it's really hard to give anything a four, right? Yeah. Um, this one I thought was You're really thinking hard on me. I know I am because like it is a slightly more traditional horror film than Censor. Uh, so very much like, so, I think. It's like apples and oranges. Right. Because it's not so much a psychological thriller. It is actually horror, horror. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. in your face. It's exactly what yeah. you'd expect it to be. So yeah. I'm going to have to, saying that, you know, saying that it's Censor and, and um, Echoes of Fear's Apples and Oranges, I'm right. going to have to give it a two and a half. So you're gonna both you're gonna give two and a half to Echoes of Fear, yes, and you give two and a half to Sensor as well for for, for different reasons. Right, for different reasons because yeah. it's a, they're both better than average movies. Yeah, they're I both agree. better than average movies, and you know, but like I don't think it was so exceptional to give it a three, and yet you know Nicholas Cage wasn't in it, so I can't give it a three and a half. <laughs> okay, well I guess you add Nick Cage to anything, you just give it an automatic <laughs> one star bump. But that's well, a, Nick Cage without any any lines. Or that Nick Cage no lines, yes. one star bump. Nick Cage with lines, yeah, who knows? That, yeah, that, 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 it could be a plus, could be a minus. Yeah, you're you kind of moving that meter. You really don't know. <laughs> I, I am going to give Echoes of Fear three stars. I actually think that it was for you know we have to appreciate their limitations and what they could do in this film, and that they made up for um, they made up for a lot of it in good camera work, solid camera work with what they had. Get that that feeling of claustrophobia particularly from the shots they had her walking up into the attic, walking down the stairs. They always had close shots. They were really framed well. And I felt that it gave a feeling of claustrophobia inside the big house. So that's sometimes hard to do when you have all that open space to make people feel like, oh, I'm very in a very narrow enclosed feeling. And I think they did a good job of that. And I think they also did a good job with taking the story and turning it into something I didn't expect. You know, they, it is ultimately very straightforward in terms of the story and plot line. But I thought ultimately I didn't expect it to go in that direction. I, I thought that, that the twists were uh, well done and they, they were not telegraphed completely. Although now if I go back and think about it, they may be some telegraphing, but no, I thought I, it was I, really I, good. I don't think it is. I don't think you would, I don't think you would guess that would be the ending. Right, right. So I think the ending uh, of the story makes up for a lot of it. I think that they have to recognize the limitations they had in terms of budget. And um, I think they did a great job with the camera work. So I give it three stars out of four but i obviously much more generous than joanne is as far as these things are concerned so that's what we got for our scare of the week echoes of fear check it out on amazon prime streaming i think it's worth a check out let's go I do too. stream it i think it's good it's good fun all right let's hit the boxing bell on that one and move on to our first pick of the week for our prop bets that we dare to make in week 17 and uh joanne let's start with you uh, my first pick is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he is going over and under 1.8, 108.5 rushing yards only mm-hmm. against the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. Um, so this is interesting because, you know, Jonathan Taylor has definitely been the superstar of the Colts this season. But next, but this week, week 17, Carson Wentz is out on a COVID-19. Right. So who are they going to rely on? It right. is probably going to be Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, a whole lot of Jonathan Taylor. Yep. Um, uh, in the last seven weeks, though, Jonathan Taylor has only had one game below 100 
uh, rushing yards. Okay. Um, and that was against Tampa Bay. Okay. And um, last week against the Cardinals, he had 108 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. So, um, what was I trying to say? Well, I mean, so, you, so you're telling, talking about Jonathan Taylor, and you're you're picking the over on 108.5 or? Picking the under. Okay. I'm picking the under. Okay. And I'm sorry, my uh, my notes here are just a little scrambled. Okay. Um. <laughs> so so is everything really? Ultimately, so so is Carson Wentz. He's also scrambled for the week. So. Um. But yeah. So anyway, uh, yes, logic would say yes. You should pick the over on um Jonathan Taylor, but. You know, even with his production over the last um, last seven weeks, I I don't really think that he is going to get over 108 yards. Like the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be ready for him because mm-hmm. um, they know Carson Wentz is out. Like he is their main machine, right. and like now the Colts have to rely on their uh, backup quarterback. Sure. Who is this guy? Sam Ellinger. Yep. Sam Ellinger. Like this will be his first start. Mm-hmm. And during the um, preseason, when he played, he did throw for 288 yards, but he also threw for three interceptions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're ready for Jonathan Taylor, that's your focus, right. like, to stop that game. And, you know, like, dare, you know, Sam to throw it over the in the air. Yeah. You, you don't know how many targets Jonathan Taylor is going to get rushing. How many carries? How many carries he's going to get rushing. Mm-hmm. That's not saying that he's not going to have receiving yards. Sure. But, like, is he going to break 108? I I don't know. I don't think he will. And I just got to say, like, two words. Like, for the Colts and and starting their backup is Ian Book. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he absolutely kiboshed Alvin Kamara this week, uh, taking over that offense for the Saints. Kamara uh, barely broke 50 yards. Right. uh, In total. How And how good is Kamara? Yeah, well. And 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 that's not to take anything away from the New Orleans defense, but whoa, Ian Book. Yeah, so Ian Book was terrible, and then I guess you're saying Sam Ellinger equally terrible. Possibly. We don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. This will be his first start. Well, he's going to be very green. Um, he's going to go out there probably very nervous, or you know maybe he has like a buttload of confidence. I don't know. I don't know this guy. Could be. Could be. But I'm thinking, you know, you have a you know, a uh, rookie starter, you know, in a game that really matters. I mean, the Raiders are just one game behind the Colts yep. for, you know, in the AFC wild card. So that is huge. Like the Raiders, if they want to go anywhere, they need to win this game. Yeah, I think, I think though, honestly, that the Colts will go ball control here and will just feed Jonathan Taylor. But what I think is going to happen is that you might see other running backs taking this and you might see a little bit of play action from Sam Ellinger. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see more involvement from Mo Ali Cox and tight ends and, and more involvement with perhaps other running backs in Indianapolis, aside from Jonathan Taylor, 108.5 e rushing yards is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, he's done it. I mean, he's done it, but like, I, I just, I just, the, I think the mood and the need that the Raiders have, uh, it's, it's a, maybe a little too much. Okay. All right. So take the under on Jonathan I, Taylor. I'm going to take the under. Okay. I'm going to take the under. On 108.5 rushing yards. Against okay. the Las Vegas Raiders. It sounds good. All right. So the, my first pick of the week is Matt Stafford. So Matt Stafford has a prop bet now at 2.5 total passing touchdowns plus interceptions. So that's a 
prop bet of over under 2.5 total passing touchdowns and interceptions. I am taking the over on that. I'm taking the over. And if you've heard the show in previous weeks, you know exactly why. Because over the 15 games he's played this season for the Rams, Stafford has gone over 2.5 total passing touchdowns and interceptions in every game except for one. And that one was in week five against the Seahawks, and that's only because he ran in a touchdown. So I'm just saying, you know, if he does it 14 out of 15 times, I'm pretty sure he can do it against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, In his last two games against the Ravens, just so you know, and this is actually prior to his time with the Rams, but he averaged five total passing touchdowns with interceptions. So again, even before he was with the Rams, he was over 2.5. And the Baltimore Ravens defense doesn't get many interceptions, but they do allow the third most passing touchdowns this season, 28 in total. And in addition to that, allow the seventh least rushing touchdowns this season. So you put that together, and what does that mean? That means that the Ravens are funneling their offensive scores through the air. They're basically saying, we are a air funneling defense. Don't try to run on us because we aren't going to let you score on the ground, but we will let you score at will in the air. So that means Stafford, his odds of getting those passing touchdowns just went up. Uh, you know, he's averaging over over that 2.5 on the combination. I wouldn't be surprised if he getting over 2.5 for just touchdowns alone, passing touchdowns alone. Uh, the Ravens, again, typically dominant in terms of time possession, but over the last three games, they've been really hampered by injury. They have the fourth shortest time of possession in the NFL, just 25 minutes and 20, 59 seconds, which means more time on the field for Stafford, more opportunities for passing touchdowns and interceptions. Um, I don't think he throws an interception. I think he probably gets three touchdowns, but it doesn't matter for the prop bet because he only needs to get plus or plus over 2.5 passing touchdowns plus interceptions. So all that is going to push towards Stafford having that day where he will very, very likely exceed 2.5 total passing touchdowns and interceptions, particularly against this Baltimore Ravens defense, which is ravaged by injury and ravaged by COVID. So mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised at that. And in addition to that, if you need a little bit more information, I, this is tangential, but Henderson, Daryl Henderson, just basically out for the rest of the season. Um, Cam Akers may come back. You know, you got, you got perhaps Tony Michelle there. Hey, listen, you don't got to establish run game right now. Throw the ball. And I think they're going to just keep throwing it. I mean, they're going to keep using Van Jefferson. They're going to keep using OBJ. And, of course, the miraculous Cooper Cup, who just never lets anyone down. No, so, he doesn't. There you go. Matt Stafford, over 2.5 passing touchdowns plus interceptions. Yeah. You've been picking Stafford a lot. I'm really in on Stafford this year. I'm really in on Stafford this year. I believe in him. I believe in him. He hasn't believed in me so far <laughs> every single week. But well, he I did believe fail in him. me in my fantasy team. Yes. Fantasy game this He's week. Hasn't so. been, uh, he hasn't been all around fantasy winner but uh you know that being said he uh he generally does what he needs to do so i'm gonna i'm gonna bet with him this time all right what's your next pick here um my next pick is gonna be tyreek hill okay over under 83.5 receiving yards against the cincinnati Bengals. okay so um i guess for most of you fantasy players out there probably know tyreek hill had a miserable game last week really really disappointing. oh my god like I have him on my team, so it was heartbreaking. Yep. I mean, two targets, two receptions, 19 yards. Yep. No touchdowns. No. Uh, Byron Pringle, though. Uh-huh. Byron Pringle had a day. <laughs> and that is the thing. Um, Tyreek Hill has only had four games this season with over 83.5 yards. Only four. Oh, that's surprising. Um, and the reason is, is, just like you said, it is because Patrick Mahomes has 
a lot of targets and options. Right. He can give it to Travis Kelce, which right. he loves to feed. Who, whom he should be back this week. Yes. Uh, Brian Pingle, like you said, McCall Harmon, Marcus Robbins, all these guys, they all touch the ball. Right. It might not be in every game, right. but they have their moments. Right. So, um, it like it is like really hard to think that Tyreek Hill is going to go over 83.5 receiving yards, even though Cincinnati has one of the worst like passing defenses. Mm-hmm. Like they average um, 252.8 passing yards per game. They're okay. on the bottom. Right. Uh, like uh, they allow the Ravens to score 304 passing yards with their backup quarterback Josh Johnson. That's true. Uh, <laughs> backup, backup quarterback. Yes. Not just a backup, backup, backup. backup. backup he might have been so. watching TV the week before they picked him up. <laughs> like on his couch, eating potato chips. But the thing is, is that Patrick Mahomes does not have to throw it to Tyreek Hill. That's right. He has a lot of other options out there, and that is why I'm going to pick the under for Tyreek Hill. All right, so Tyreek Hill, the under on 83.5 receiving yards against the Bengals this week. Okay, I... Uh, my second pick uh, is another wide receiver in the NFL, and that is Devontae Adams. Uh, probably one and two there, Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill in terms of wide receivers in the NFL. But uh, I, mean, I can't even say that anymore because Cooper Cup probably yeah, has one. I think he's one, yeah. But Devontae Adams and, uh, and Tyree Kill, I would say, we can all agree, top three. In they, terms are. Of wide receivers they are. In the NFL. Anyway, he has a prop bet currently against the Minnesota Vikings at 75.5 total receiving yards. And I am going to take the over – on 75.5 total receiving yards. Why? Well, Devontae Adams averages 97.3 receiving yards per game. 97.3. And guess what? Big news here. 97.3 more than 75.5. Yes. And it's best for, I mean, that's the second most receiving yards per game of any wide receiver in the NFL. And if you think that's a fluke, don't think it's a fluke because he also has the third most targets and the second most receptions of any wide receiver in the NFL this season. So, He's targeted often, he catches a ton of them, and he gets tons of yards. That is, an, that is a recipe for success right there. And the last time they played uh, Minnesota, I think uh, Devontae Adams got over 100 receiving yards. Yes, in yeah. fact, and, and that's actually, uh, I, I think, and this is not unusual for him to get over 100 receiving yards. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's certainly true. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings uh, allow the six most passing yards per game this season. 248.5 passing yards per game. That's the sixth most. And uh, as you alluded to there, Joanne, Devontae Adams, he's exceeded 75.5 because we don't need to get to 100. No. <laughs> he, but he's exceeded 75.5 receiving yards in 11 of 15 games this season. That's really good. Yeah, the Packers. Unfortunately. I mean, it's unfortunate because, you know, how much I hate the Packers and hate Aaron Rodgers. But Devontae Adams is a guy I would bet with. The Packers also have the fourth longest average time of possession this year at 32 minutes and 17 seconds. And as I like to say, more time for the offense means more opportunity to put up numbers. So I like Devontae Adams going over 75.5 total receiving yards this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings. All right. So that brings us to the end of our show. That's our four prop bets. You want to talk about the prop bets from last week? Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So let's, let's talk about the prop bets from last week. All right. Fire away. <laughs> so last week um, I had uh, Josh Allen over and under 1.5 passing TDs. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked the uh, scene, right? I picked the over on that. Okay. And we had Daryl Henderson 
um, over and under 75.5 rushing yards, and I picked the under on that. Yes, that's right. So Josh Allen was over. Yep. Big surprise. And Sarah Henderson, unfortunately, was under, but under for a really bad reason because he got injured and left the game. Yes, that's true. But regardless, it was right. <laughs> that is absolutely true that you were absolutely right with that. Um, I had Justin Herbert at over 285.5 total passing yards plus rushing yards, and I had Cooper Cup over 92.5 receiving yards. Now, Justin Herbert blasted over 285.5 passing plus rushing yards. He had 336 passing yards alone and then added up 15 rushing yards there, so probably not that big of a deal, but just the passing yards alone exceeds the 285.5. Um, that I was betting on for um, uh, for um, Justin Herbert. And uh, for Cooper Cup, I mean, what was interesting about that game was that it was a much more of a ball control game than I thought it was going to be. And, of course, Daryl Henderson going out early kind of skewed some of the numbers that kind of went in there. But as long as as far as Cooper Cup is, is, is concerned, he did not disappoint. He ended up with 109 receiving yards during that, so uh, over 92.5. So there you go, a clean sweep, four for four, two for two on, for Joanne and two for two for me. Uh, I guess we should have led with that. You guys can trust us. We're four for four in week 16. Okay, now we can get to the end of the show and hit the air horn. Here we go. All right, Joanne, so why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? It's at Kung Fu for you on Twitter. All right, and as I always say, thank you for coming out and listening and wasting time with us. You can find me on Twitter at FD Garbage Time. And until next time, Enjoy your scares, enjoy your dares, make your profits, and win yourself some money. And enjoy your NFL week. Bye, good luck. <laughs>